0: Welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We hope that you enjoy this message and that it's life-changing. Today, I want to wrap up a series that I've been in for the last five or six weeks. It's a series entitled The Invitation. The Invitation, Accepting God's Call to Ride for Him. Here's the thing. Everyone has been invited to ride with Christ. Amen? Isn't that a good thing? In other words, you say, well, you know, is, is everybody invited to go to heaven? Yes. Is everybody invited to be forgiven? Yes. Is everyone invited to receive salvation? Yes. But here's the other point that we've learned already. You ready? We have to accept his invitation. He can offer it all he wants, but if we don't accept it, then it, again, it's just a worthless invitation. that uh, it just doesn't mean a whole lot. But when we accept the invitation to ride with Christ, guess what? It'll change your life. I'm telling you from my own experience, it can change your life when you begin to walk in a personal relationship with Him. And here's the thing. Once you've began to ride with Christ, guess what? He's going to ask you to ride for Him. Not just with Him, but for Him. And so for the last few weeks, we've looked at what it looks like to ride for Christ, to ride on his behalf, to be an ambassador for him, to be a, a, on his crew, so to speak, and to live for him. And today, I want to wrap this series up, like I said, but I want us to look at the scripture we've been in for the last few weeks, and I want to read it one more time so that you guys can see um, just the power that's found in these scriptures. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. And everything we do We show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten. We've been put in prison. We've faced angry mobs. We've worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, and by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and in the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or whether they praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, but yet we have everything. We have everything. I don't know if this verse speaks to you like it speaks to me. But there's some powerful stuff that we've already covered in these verses. And I want to run through real quick what we've already covered. And then I want to tap into the point that I want to make today. The first thing we learned was this. To ride for Christ means that we set a good example. Did you see it in verse 3, it says that we live in such a way that we don't cause anybody to stumble. Right? Number two is this. Writing for Christ means that we don't quit. When things come our way, we don't quit. We patiently endure, as it says in verse 4. Number three was this. Those who ride for Christ prove it. In other words, we prove that we have a love for Him. That proving it is not motivated because, you know, we want to impress anybody. It's motivated because we are in love with Christ, and He died for us. So we prove it. The fourth thing is this. Those who ride for Christ fight with truth. We use weapons of truth. In the right hand and in the left. Number five was those who ride for Christ ride toward the sun. Ride toward the sun, especially when we endure certain things. So today, I want to wrap up the series by sharing one more truth about God's invitation and what it means to us to, to ride for Christ. You ready? Number six. If you're taking notes, number six. Here we go. Those who ride for Christ prepare for their Purpose. <clears throat> Let me say it again. Those who ride for Christ prepare for their purpose. Look at verse 10 again, and this is where we're going to end it. It says this, and Paul is talking, and he's and he's writing this, obviously, a letter to the Corinthian church. And listen to what he says. He says, our hearts what? You say it. Yeah. They ache, but we always have what? Boy. Joy. We are Boy. poor, but we give joy. Spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, yet we have everything. Now you say, well, what's the point? I mean, we prepare for our purpose. Well, here's, here's what, I, what I think about. As I look at the emotions and the realities that Paul is facing in those verses right there, here's what I ask. You ready? How did he do it? He says, you know, how did he, how did he have joy in the midst of heartache? How did he he have riches? And not only have riches, but the Bible says that he gave riches. How did he give riches while being poor? And how did he have everything yet have nothing? Here's the answer that I want to give you today. He was prepared for his purpose. How, How did he have all that thing, all that stuff, and all those emotions, and all that strength, and all that power? Guess what? He was prepared for his purpose, His purpose included uh, influencing others. His purpose included praise from others. It included fame from the world. But it also included the trials of the world. It also included the the misunderstanding of the world. And the suffering and the slander and the hard work and all of that stuff. In many ways prepared him for his purpose. Here's the other side of it. It uh, not only prepared him for his purpose. It was his purpose. Those things were his purpose. And so here's the point. The same is true for us. If we're going to ride for Christ, if we're going to ride in, in accordance to his word, guess what? We're going to face a lot of the things that Paul faced in these scriptures. And so here's the question that I want to answer today. How do we prepare for our purpose? How do we prepare for it? And not only how do we prepare for it, but what does our preparation produce when the purpose of our lives happens. Well, I'll, I'll give you three points and I'm done. You ready? First is this we must embrace the fact that, number one, everything we face in life happens for a purpose. Let me say it again everything that we face in life happens. For a purpose. Um, look at the the scripture in Second Corinthians chapter uh, four. Paul's uh, writing again. Listen to what he says. He says, you know, that is why we what? Never give up, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being what? Renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we do not look at our troubles, we can, or at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that we what? But the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last what? Forever. Here's the key. To prepare for your purpose, we must see life through the eyes of eternity, not the temporary. Are you with me? Again, it says we have to fix our gaze on things that we cannot see. Because the things that we see now are going to be gone. Um, Last week we had the... Awesome time of uh, going on spring break. Anybody go on spring break? Anybody go anywhere? Yeah, yeah. I saw some of you guys on spring break. Um, But uh, on on this spring break, I had um, a speaking engagement. I got to speak at a conference in in a town called Poto, Oklahoma. Anybody ever been to Poto? Yeah. Some people think it's podunk, but it's really not. It's actually a pretty cool town. It has, you know, a lot more restaurants and, you know, fancy stuff than, you know, Woodward has. I mean, it's a pretty cool town. Well, I got to go speak on a Friday night at this conference, and then we decided that we were going to go on to Tulsa. My kids had the idea that they want to go to the aquarium, right? The Oklahoma Aquarium. Anybody ever been there in Tulsa? We got to see sharks. We got to pet stingrays and starfish and all kinds of fun stuff that my kids learn about on Wild Kratts. Anybody watch Wild Kratts? Come on, people. Anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever seen an episode of Wild Kratts. Absolutely. You can learn a lot about animals on Wild Kratts. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so we got to go to this Oklahoma Aquarium. We had a great time. Nobody fell in the water (laughs) with the sharks. Hampton, you know, almost fell in the beaver den. (laughs) But it was okay. But anyway, so we made it through that. And then we got up uh, Sunday morning, and we went to a church called Life Church. Anybody ever been to Life Church? Yeah, in Oklahoma City or any, any of the other uh, campuses that they have. Well, here's the thing. We get, we get up, we go to church, and uh, we go to the church actually in Jinx. And there was a guest speaker. His name was Levi Lusco, And he's a pastor from Montana. The pastors a great church. Uh, Fresh Life Church, and he was uh, in a series called Through the Eyes of a Lion. I don't know if you guys have heard about his story or not, but he actually wrote a book called Through the Eyes of a Lion, and, and it's, a, it's a tragic story about the loss of his five-year-old daughter. Um, she suffered a, uh, a severe asthma attack the day before Christmas Eve, and this is her picture right here. If you want to look, see this beautiful, her name was Linya and, I, and, and as I listened to the story about this tragedy that happened in their life, I heard these words. And Levi writes these words down in, in the book that, that he wrote. And I want you to listen to these. Listen to the, the, the heartache and the tenderness at the same time. He says this, we held her hands. And again, this is moments after his daughter's death. It says, we held her hands, even with the tubes and the equipment and the wires, she was stunningly Beautiful. We kissed her face and stroked her hair and cried. Her eyes were open. She was, uh, she was wearing pajamas, uh, red leggings, a t-shirt, and socks. And I reached out and I closed Linya's lions, Lin-ya lion's eyes. He closed her eyes. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine, first of all, losing my daughter. But at the same time, at, the, at that moment, having to close her eyes. Her, her eyes, and i can 't imagine you know again what the pain was of experiencing this but but what Levi says in the book later on he says what i didn 't expect was that God would use Lenya to open my eyes powerful, powerful statement in the hours following uh, lenya 's death, the hospital called and asked if uh, the the family would be willing to donate. Linya's eyes, so that a couple uh, blind individuals could have sight. And so today, because the Luscos decided to donate Linya's eyes, two people have sight today because of that. That's an amazing thing, yeah. <clears throat> like I say, I can't imagine the, um, the, the tragedy that changed their lives, but here's what I do know. It changed the way that they see life. It's obviously never going to be the same, but there's going to be a new a new normal. There's going to be a new way that they look at life. And I, and I know that it changed the way that they see life because he writes it in the book. And, and here's, here's what the choice that they had to make from that moment on. It says, he, or he says, we can see that we lost or see what we lost and think about how every day that passes, we are one day further from the last time we saw Linya. Or... We can change the way we see uh, and view our loss and, and know that because of the hope of Christ, every day, that, every day that passes is just one day closer to seeing our little girl. I don't know if you saw that or if you, see, if you caught that, but again, it, th- this is the power of viewing our lives in light of eternity, not just the temporary. Here's the fact, we have a choice as well. We have a choice. We can either look at life and we can go, hey, I'm just going to give up. And when, when all this stuff comes happening, I'm just going to give up. Or we can choose to live with passion, realizing that God has a purpose for everything in our lives. So number one, we must realize that everything we face in life happens for a purpose. Number two is this. If we're going to prepare for our purpose, we have to prepare for the pain and train for the trial. Prepare for the pain and train for the trial. Verse 10, Paul says, our hearts ache. Our hearts ache. As most of you, if not all of you know, we, um, we've in the past few weeks or last, this past month, we've experienced the, the worst fires that we've experienced in the history of our uh, probably the nation. We've lost over a million acres to the fire. We've lost tens of thousands of head of cattle. We've lost homes. And, and, and sadly, we've lost people's lives. But here's the thing. As I looked at the pictures of the, of the fire, I noticed that something didn't get burnt. Something didn't get burnt. I want to show you a couple pictures. Um, and you can't really see it very well. But all the, all, the, all the stuff on the bottom is burnt. But at the top of the picture, there is some what? Do you guys know what that is? That's wheat. That's green wheat. Show the next picture. This is a picture of uh, Roy Anderson, who's uh, uh, been to our church before. He works for the Highway Patrol, and he took this picture. And you can see all the burnt area around that green wheat. And you say, well, why didn't the wheat grow? Well, here's, here's what you know and what, what, what I know it's because it was alive. It's because it had moisture in its limbs and, in, you know, in, its, in, the, in the, the grass or the wheat. It had moisture in it. It was alive. Therefore, when the fire came, guess what? You can see that it still kind of burnt the yellow area of the, of the wheat pasture, but it didn't burn the whole field. And you say, well, what's the point? Here's the point. When the fires of life come into our lives, guess what? If we are alive in Christ, if we are growing in Christ, if we have faith in God, we will not burn up. Amen? Here's the other fact of it. Just like I said, the, the yellow part, that is actually a scar from the fire because the fire was so hot that it, that it took the moisture out of the weed and it, and it, and it charred that area and, it, and it, it dried it up. Here's the other point that I want to point out about that. You're never going to get out of a fire without a little bit of smoke. You're never going to get out of a fire without a little bit of pain. That's just the way life is. It's just the way our life is. But the truth is, you don't have to get burned up. You don't have to. And so you say, well, okay, Bo, how, how do I not get burned up? How do I know that I'm going to be growing when the trials of life come? Here, here's, what, here's what I've learned. You have to drink before you're thirsty. You have to prepare. You have to eat the bread of life, which is God's word, before you're hungry. You have to be growing in Christ. Look at uh, Psalm 1. It says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand in the way or around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they what? Let's say it together. They Delight. delight in the law of the Lord. What are they doing? Meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted by the riverbank bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Again, you say, well, Bo, how do I prepare for the trials of life? How do I prepare for all the things that are, that are happening in my life, all, all the pain that's happening in my life? Listen, you're never going to be totally prepared, but you can be more prepared than you, than you think you can. In Christ, if you will be growing and you're alive in Christ, then the pain of life and the trials of life, again, you can handle it. It's one of the, one of the, the coolest things that I've, that I've seen is the people that have faith in God, guess what? They're getting through. They're getting through it. It's the people that maybe don't have that faith, that are dried up, that are dead, that aren't living, you know, according to God's word, that, that aren't, you know, finding strength in his word, that are floundering. Again, so we have a leg up because we know Christ. And you say, well, how do I, how do I know that, you know, that I'm going to continue to grow? Again, you feed on God's word. You stay on your knees praying to God for wisdom that you don't yet need. Think about it. You may have a decision to make sooner or later that's going to affect your life forever. Pray now for the wisdom to make that decision. Get in God's word now to prepare you for whatever is going to come eventually. Because it's going to come. I mean, that's the truth of living in this world is the pain is going to come. The question is, will you be prepared as you can be to handle it. So number one, we must realize that everything we face in life happens for, has a purpose. And number two, we must prepare for the pain and the trials of life. Number three is this, being prepared produces an opportunity from an obstacle. Think about that. Being prepared produces an opportunity for, from an obstacle. Uh, you know, I look around and I see a many of you that have been affected by the fires. And, and here's the thing. Here, here's, what, here's what I see. I see a group of amazing people. Amen? Amazing people. People that have taken this tragedy and used it as an opportunity to be, you know, used like never before. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook. I don't know if you've watched. It sadly hadn't been on the news enough. Amen? <laughs> they need to cover it more than they do. But but here's the truth. If you, if you notice, if you've been in town at all, you've seen thousands of round bells being delivered to the victims of the, of the fire you know, in just in the past few weeks. These people have turned a tragedy into a triumph. They've turned a, a obstacle into an opportunity. I mean, we've seen people donate fencing supplies, thousands of dollars. And again, our rural community has been has turned an obstacle into an opportunity again as i speak to people you know what they may have lost a lot of stuff but they still speak with hope they still speak with with the compassion they still speak with thankfulness and love for each other and so you say bo how do they do that well again many of them and most of them have a faith in jesus christ and that's how they gain their strength but here's the other side of it yeah give it up yeah Here's the other thing, though, that I love about you know, rural America. I think rural people, and again, and I'm not dogging city people because they're hardy too, but I think rural people, they're used to the hard work. Amen? And so, again, it's just like, yeah, it's just like being a Christian that reads the Bible every day so that you're prepared for the trials of life. People that you know, have to build fence and have to recoup and have dealt with drought for you know, many of their years, listen, they're prepared. You know why? Because they've lived that life day in and day out already. And so they're prepared for it. So you say, well, what's the point? Well, again, if we're prepared for the things and the trials and the pain of life, listen, we're going to be able to handle them better. And Christ is going to give us the strength to do that. I, I believe the same uh, you know, hopefulness in, in, that's found in our people is found in, in Paul's words. I mean, did you catch it? Our hearts ache, but we always have what? Joy. We're poor, but we give you know, spiritual riches to others. We have nothing, and yet we have everything. I don't know if you see it or if you hear it, but I I hear the hope in Paul's voice. I hear a sense of security. I hear a fulfillment that isn't man-made. It's not man-made. And so you say, well, how do we prepare? Well... It's like I said, you got to prepare for the pain and you got to train for the trials. Here's, here's what I've learned. I can't have joy in the midst of heartache without God. That's what I've learned. I can't, I can't be content when I lose everything without God. I can't get through the fires of life without God. But with God, our pain has a purpose. It has a purpose. A great, and you say, well, what's the purpose of it? Well, here's what I've learned uh, just in the last few weeks. Our, our pain and our loss, guess what? It brings us closer to God. Some of you have been on, you know, uh, you've lived a you know, comfortable life. You've gotten comfortable in your spiritual walk. And then something happens, a tragedy happens, whether it's a fire or something else in your life. And all of a sudden you begin to realize your need for God and it brings you right back to him. Listen, that's a good place. You need to run back to him. It brings you back into that right relationship with him. It also gives you a greater love for other people. I mean, many of you and many in our community have lost cattle. They've lost houses. They've lost fence. They've lost it all. But the, 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 the thing that I always hear him say is, we didn't lose any of our family. And they're grateful. I mean, the things that we take for granted are are, you know brought to the the surface because of a tragedy and pain in our lives you say how else do we grow well we find strength to fight we find power in christ to be able to to even help others one of the coolest things is i you know i heard a story about you know one of our church members whose house burnt to the ground and as soon as his house burnt to the ground guess what he did he went back out and started fighting the other fire He was able to put his, his loss aside, his family was okay, put his loss aside and help other people. I mean, he turned that obstacle into an opportunity. And so here's the thing. One, one of these days, this life is going to be over. One of, the, one of these days, we're going to be able to cash in on the invitation to get to heaven. We're no longer going to have the pain that comes with this life or the trials. We are going to receive our eternal reward, which is heaven. But until then, I want you to hear this. My prayer is that you and I would not just accept Christ's invitation to ride for him and sit and wait for him to come get us. We need to be serving and doing the things that he's called us to do until he takes us home. And so, as I wrap up this series, I want you to to realize and to make a commitment that no matter what happens in your life, what trials you face, what pain that you face, you are going to set a good example. You're not going to quit. You're going to prove your love for Christ. You're going to fight with truth. You're going to ride toward the sun, and you're going to prepare for your purpose. Prepare for your purpose. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes For just a second. Again, many of you are here today and you're a believer. You know Jesus, you love Jesus. But here's my question Are you prepared for your purpose? Again, this life isn't over yet for all all of us. I mean, we're all alive, right? And so essentially, it's it's just going to happen because we live in a fallen world that we are going to experience pain again. We're going to experience a trial again. And so again, the question is, will you be prepared for that purpose? Whatever the purpose is for that pain, whatever the purpose is for that trial, will you be prepared as much as you can be for that purpose. Here's the next question. Are you growing in your life and in this ride with Christ? Or are you dried up? When the fires of life come and they 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 they, they try to penetrate into your life, listen, are you going to be burned up by them? Or are you going to survive because you're alive in Christ? Here's the thing. I hope that you'll make a commitment as as I make this commitment to maybe to, to maybe pray something like this. Maybe this needs to be your commitment today. God, prepare me for my purpose. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like, whether it's joy, whether it's pain, whatever it is, I pray that you would prepare me for my purpose. Lord, I want to drink from your word. I want to drink from your goodness before I'm thirsty. Lord, I want to eat the bread of life before I'm hungry. And so I commit today to read your word daily, to be on my knees daily, gaining the strength that I need to be able to handle the things that this life throws at me. Lord, help me to ride in this life in a way that honors you and that brings you glory. Listen, I don't I don't know if you just made that commitment in your heart, but I pray that you did. I don't know if you're prepared or not, but I pray that you are. At least that you're getting prepared. And you said, "Well, how do I how else do I get prepared?" Well, again, you you join us in 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 being able to minister to others. You you join us as we ride through this life so that we can ride through this life together. And so maybe you need to make a commitment to, to serve at this church, to help meet the needs that we have every, every week. Maybe you need to get to know somebody by going to a ranch group and experiencing the great fellowship that takes place there. I don't know what it looks like for you, but I hope that you will be prepared. We have resources that we want to give you, whether it's a Bible or whether it's a devotional or whatever it is, so that you can grow in your ride with Christ. Some of you are here today, and maybe you don't have a growing relationship with Christ because you don't know Him personally. Can I just share with you some hope? Jesus died on a cross for your sins, and no matter what you're doing or no matter where you've been, He can forgive you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to give you life. He wants you to be alive, not just physically, but spiritually. He wants to renew you. He wants to create a a, a new life for you. And you say, well, how do I accept him? How do I know him? Well, the Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so some of you may be here today. You've never accepted Jesus into your life and you need to give him your life today. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, it's as simple as the the verse says, confess him as your Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. Some of you maybe need to pray that today. Maybe right there in your chair. You may just need to pray something like this. And again, it's not about the words, it's about your heart. But maybe you just need to pray something like, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I've gotten burned up before. And I'm tired of it. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. Can I just tell you it's the greatest prayer that you'll ever pray in your life? Because it's a prayer of salvation. And if you did that and you believed it in your heart, you now have a personal relationship with Jesus. And he is the one who can get you through the pain and the trials and the good and the bad of life. And so we praise God that you have chosen to give your life to him. And in a second, Jamie's going to come. She's going to share with you what the next step is, how you can get involved, how you can connect with us so that we can ride with you in your new relationship. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for the opportunity to share hope through your word today. I thank you that though many of us are going through a, a trial right now, many of us are going through pain right now, we can know you and we can, we can receive the comfort that we need. We can receive the strength that we need to be able to get through the trials of life. And so Lord, we thank you for your presence in our lives. and We pray that you would use our pain to reach other people. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. If you've made a commitment or have any needs, please contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can call or text 580-216-6427. You can find more information about us on our website at thousandhillsranch.church. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless the ride you're on.